everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Brightcast by Shipbright. Uh, in this series, we're going to go get warm. So get your flip-flops on, get your rum on. We're heading to the Bahamas, where we'll talk about our experiences down there while I was on a Fulbright and a few other stories of life in the Bahamas. Welcome aboard. Glad you're here. If you like the show, let your friends know. Don't forget to follow us on Spotify or subscribe on iTunes podcasts or whatever your favorite listening platform is. Well, welcome aboard. So I had left Prague in 2013 after an amazing Fulbright experience that just left me hungry for more. It it was transformative. It really opened my eyes uh, and it's made me a better person. So I had in the back of my mind that I really wanted to do another Fulbright. But of course, as you know, I am a practitioner, not a strict academic. And while there are awards open to practitioners, it's a a longer haul for you. You've got more competition. As I said, in the 2012-2013 academic year, uh, there was only 5% of us that were core Fulbright scholars that went... uh, around the world. And that means there were 45 of us at that time. So knowing that it's going to be a bit of a slog, you know, I kind of had to look a lot more creatively. And uh, I had been fortunate growing up in that my father was a pilot. Uh, He had an advertising company, but he loved to fly. And he loved uh, my mother first, flying second, and underwater photography third. So we would go down an island hop and dad would do his thing with underwater photography. Uh, you know, of course, when you're little and you're growing up, you know, it's like, well, I, I kind of want to stay home and ride my bike with my friends. You just don't appreciate things when you're little. And when you get older, it's like, damn, that was awesome. <laughs> I should have been more appreciative. So we would go down an island hop and we had made friends, uh, family friends down there. And I also had met uh, a buddy of mine who was a native Bahamian who uh, went to the John F. Kennedy School of Government. And he and I met during an alumni weekend and became good friends. And whenever I bring my family down, we'd always make sure to visit him. He's a wonderful gentleman. Uh, he's, He's quite a thoughtful and intelligent individual and somebody who I admire. So I had started working with the help of my buddy, some contacts at what was then the College of the Bahamas to see if there were any guest lecturing positions available. And I had met with a number of the administrators over the years, and we talked about it, and there was some interest. So uh, over the years, I've been talking with people and and finally said, you know what, I'm, they've just reopened the Fulbright program in the Bahamas. I'm, I'm going to apply. So I, I met with one of the administrators who was the provost at what is now the University of the Bahamas. Uh, so the, the Bahamas uh, really now has its own university and it's a it's a source of national pride. I mean it's the it's the real deal. It's not longer just a two-year degree college of the Bahamas like a community college. It's it's its own university. So I had met with this individual. We talked about the things that the university wanted and needed. Uh, talked about what I would like to get out of it. We came to a meeting of the minds and I wrote a proposal and lightning struck twice. I got it. And Holly and I said, all right, we're going to go down 
and we're going to go live in the Bahamas for an academic year or four or five months, whatever it was at the first part. I can't even remember what it was now because things made a rapid shift. Once we got down there, I arrived on August 1st of 2019. Holly followed me down a week later with our dogs. On September 1st, Hurricane Dorian hit. Category 5, strongest hurricane on record in the Northern Bahamas. Now, many of you may have visited the Bahamas in the past and may have visited on many, many occasions. Uh, it is, as you know, the Bahamas are very close to Florida, to the United States. There are many Americans who go and visit and play in the Bahamas. Some, a lot of people have houses there. A lot of Bahamians come over to Florida. That's where a lot of them do some of their big shopping and they have relatives in Southern Florida. So there's uh, quite a bit of back and forth in Florida and the Bahamas, uh, along with, of course, the other states in the Union, but Florida's big. But before we get into talking about Dorian and the Fulbright and all of the other aspects of our life there for over the year, I just want to just take a few minutes uh, and just talk about, you know, some of the background of the Bahamas. For those of you who have not been there, you know, they are iconic beaches, just beautiful beaches. Uh, the palm trees, the hibiscus, the bougainvillea, uh, the turquoise waters, uh, the fishing, the snorkeling, the diving, it's all there. It's what people go there for, and they have a blast. So there are over 700 islands and keys that make up the Bahamas. About 30 of those islands are actually inhabited. So there's lots of little islets and small islands. There are a lot of privately owned islands. You, when you look at some of the different island chains, like the Exumas or the Abacos, it's almost like a bracelet of little islands all around. Uh, and everybody who I've known that has spent time in the Bahamas, everybody has their favorite place for one reason or another. Yeah. So there's a place for you. Whatever you want, you can find it. You want the nightlife? Go hang out in Nassau. If you get upset because you saw footprints on the beach, head to the Exumas. Go to Andros. I mean, there's all kinds of places, all kinds of islands for everybody. So the Bahamas, it's a limestone-based geology. They're low-lying. Uh, it's maybe 15 to 20 meters high in terms of you know height of land. When I say 15, 20 meters, we're talking maybe 50 to 60, 65 feet uh, highest point. The actual highest point in the Bahamas is on Cat Island, and it's 210 feet. Uh, it was first settled by the Lycaeans. Lucayans, excuse me, uh, which were an Arawak-speaking uh, branch of Tayano uh, Indians. Columbus, uh, for the Europeans, discovered in 1492. Uh, it went back and forth with the British and the Spanish, uh, everybody fighting over something. And uh, it became a British colony in 1718. And those of you who like to look at the pirate movies or the pirate series, you know, Nassau figures prominently into that, uh, into those stories. Uh, Nassau by, is the capital, and Nassau is actually just the name of the city. It's actually on the island of New Providence, but people just refer to it as Nassau. After the American Revolutionary War, a lot of American loyalists, loyal to the crown, were resettled in the Bahamas, all over the place. So in the Abacos, Luthra, the island, the pop, total population of Bahamas, only around 400,000 people. And 
And it's an archipelago, meaning it's an island nation. So it's about 600 miles long, about 190 miles wide with all of these little islands in there. And they call it the Bahamas because they believe that the Spanish used to refer to it as Bahamar, which means shallow seas. And it's shallow. The real insight on the Bahamas is that uh, culturally, uh, via its legal system, its government, uh, education system, is all kind of British-based. It comes from a British heritage. But economically, they are tied to the United States. So, for example, uh, the Bahamas has its own currency, of course, uh, but it's one for one uh, with the American dollar. And if you go to a store and they give you change, you probably get some in Bahamian and some in uh, U.S. dollars. The only place you can't use Bahamian dollars is in the casinos because legally uh, native Bahamians are not allowed in the casinos. So if you go to an ATM machine, uh, it's going to spit out U.S. dollars at the resorts. Uh, if you go into the casino and you try to put in uh, a Bahamian bill in the machine, it will spit it back out. Other than that, the currency is totally fluid. So you have a parliamentary system, British heritage. And there are two main parties in the Bahamas. One is the FNM, Free National Movement, and the other is the PLP, uh, Progressive Labor Party. For the American listeners, the easiest way to think about it is that FNM is like the Republicans, PLP is like the Democrats. Uh, there's a lot more nuance to it, but just in general terms, think of it that way. Uh, you right now, the current prime minister is the Right Honorable uh, Hubert Minnis. He is a physician by training, which I think really gave the Bahamas a leg up when COVID struck while we were down there. So there's your, your background, really, of the Bahamas. Uh, you know, tourism is really its main industry. There are a lot of banks and financial firms down there. You know, in the past, the Bahamas had been thought of as a place where money could be laundered by uh, nefarious actors like drug cartels. Uh, those days are over. When Holly and I went down there and just trying to open up a bank account, my God, when I was a naval officer and I had my top secret clearance background check, uh, that was easier than what you go through now. So the banking system is robust down there, but really tourism is the main driver of the economy. Uh, and you can tell by all the cruise ships that come in, all of the businesses down on Front Street uh, along the harbor that cater to all the tourists. I, you know, we got to the point where we knew when the ships were coming in and we actually avoided downtown just because it was so crowded. You know, people are having a great time. They're going to places like Senor Frogs. If you've ever been to a Senor Frogs, uh, you may know what I'm talking about, but down in the Bahamas, it's like on steroids. People go down there and they are in conga lines doing shots. There are uh, <laughs> they DJs getting people doing silly things on stages. Uh, it is wild. And the Bahamians know how to have a good time. The music scene is robust. The shopping is excellent. Uh, there's some really nice restaurants there. And again, this is all in Nassau. But you go on to the uh, the family islands. We used to, years ago, I remember we called them out islands. But if you go into the family islands, uh, there are a lot of wonderful places uh, where it's anything from like a little tiki bar. Uh, if you're dressing up, it means you're putting a shirt on with a collar. Uh, 
you know, you take your shoes off when you arrive and you don't put them on until you leave. Uh, there are great places and uh, everyone has their fa favorite little bar, beach bar area. Hey everyone, here's a quick word from Anchor.fm, which is one of my sponsors. They provide me the tools to keep this broadcast free. Thank you. So enough about background information. Let's get into what life was like uh, when we were living there and all of the things that started to happen really pretty much all at once. So we had gone down prior to the official start of the Fulbright and we found a place to live we were looking at places that we're going to be living on New Providence Island, Nassau, because that's where the main campus of the University of Bahamas is located. They have a northern campus in Grand Bahama uh, that it was planned that I would be spending some time up there. We were looking for a place in New Providence, and we found some lovely spots uh, on the main part of the island. The thing, though, was you were not close to a lot of services we're going to need a car just to go anywhere. And if I had the car to go commute up to the university for the day, that left Holly at the house with no way to get around other than by expensive cabs. So as we kept looking around, we ended up actually looking at Paradise Island. And Paradise Island is accessible from the main part of New Providence by two bridges. And it's where Atlantis is located, the big mega resort there which is really quite something to see. We were lucky enough to find a, a place that we could rent a three-bedroom apartment uh, for the six. Initially, it was going to be four months, uh, but we had to extend, and I'll explain about that in a few minutes. But we were able to find a place that would take the dogs, and we could rent, and it had some pools. It had three pools. It had a tennis court. It had a little snack bar area, uh, and it was within walking distance of restaurants and uh, the marina and Atlantis if we wanted to go there. It, it turned out that it was a great location for us. So we got our place to stay. That was a big thing to do uh, whenever you're going to go live abroad somewhere. Is where the heck are you going to lay your head at night? Um, so that was taken care of. So I arrive on August 1st. Holly follows me down a week later. We get settled in. I make an appointment to go meet with the provost of the University of Bahamas with whom I had sketched out a Fulbright project from what I would be doing there. And uh, it took a couple of days to get in to see her. And uh, I kind of got this ominous email from her that uh, there's a lot going on. I'll explain later. I'll see you next week. This lovely, lovely woman. I have not asked her for permission to use her name, but she was very capable uh, and she got things done. And that's a big deal. You know, she knew how to get things done. So I went in to meet with her to talk about, you know, where my office would be and, you know, who I would report to. And uh, we would uh, prioritize the things that we had talked about her wanting me to do, only to have her let me know 
and I think this was on a Tuesday, that Friday was going to be her last day. Her contract was not being renewed. Now, she was really the only one I'd worked with on my Fulbright. And because I was one of the few Fulbrighters that had ever been in the Bahamas, and the program had just started back up after a hiatus, uh, no one really knew what to do with me. Now, there was one person, uh, I don't have her permission to use a name, but I will just let her know. My friend Pandora, uh, very experienced, very smart lady who was to assist me and help me uh, as the best she could. But that was the first sign that things were not going to go as planned. Now, I had said that when I found out that the provost was not going to be there any longer, who was my point of contact, my mentor, my ally, my confidant, uh, the person who was going to help me make the biggest impact was no longer going to be there. I said, well, that was the first sign that maybe things weren't going to go as expected. Actually, I got to back up by about a week or so because when I went down there, so I got the Fulbright and I called them up, said, well, I'm going to be there for more than 90 days, which any U.S. citizen can go down there for, you know, you can get in for 90 days. I had asked the Fulbright people, do I need to get a visa? Because when I went to the Czech Republic, they gave me all of this uh, helpful, uh, great information about how to get a visa. And they said, uh, no, I don't think so, but you can contact the embassy. Contact the embassy. I said, no, no, that should be fine. We haven't had that issue pop up before. I said, you should ask the university. And the university, so I called them up. This is before I got down there. Uh, and I, or I emailed them, I should say. And uh, they said, no, we haven't had that issue with anybody. So just, you know, they'll, they will know you. And they're, they know you are coming. I'm like, oh, this is great. Because, you know, I'm their Fulbright guy. And uh, they know who I am. And this is going to be wonderful. Yeah. So I got off the plane and I'm, I'm coming into the arrival hall expecting that maybe like uh, the governmental ministers with the prime minister are going to be lined up and I'm going to come through like, you know, coming onto a basketball court, giving everybody low fives and they're going to, hey, Chippy's here. Woo! You know, and uh, I, I think the band should be playing and maybe the Royal Bahamian uh, Police uh, Band will be out there and, you know, having a big party. And uh, welcome, welcome to Nassau, Fulbright Professorship. Yeah, it didn't go like that. It went more like uh, I come through to the immigration officer and uh, she goes, I, I go, hi, I'm uh, Edward Bright. I'm going to be the Fulbright professor. And this lovely young lady, uh, immigration officer, looked at me like I had an arm growing out of the middle of my forehead and with this quizzical look and said, I'm, I'm, I'm here as the Fulbright uh, professor uh, to the University of Bahamas. She goes, well, do you have a work permit? What? No, no, I, I'm, I'm not paid by the University of Bahamas. I'm, I'm actually paid by the U.S. State Department. This is a thing between our two countries, you know, trying to maybe make a subtle suggestion that this is a little bit bigger than just some guy coming in uh, to, to teach. And uh, she's still looking at me. And now I think I've got two arms growing out of my head. And uh, she goes, you don't have a work permit? I said, no, I was told I don't need one. Well, who told you that? I said, well, both the embassy and the University of Bahamas does. And she just shakes her head and she stamps my passport. She goes, you got 30 days. I'm like, uh, 30 days? And she goes, yeah. She goes, well, go work it out with immigration. Uh, well, okay. So let me tell you what. You do not want to be in a position where you have to, quote, go work it out with immigration. 
because going through that process is a major pain in the, I'm just going to say it, pain in the ass. So I called up the embassy and they said, oh God, well, you know, that shouldn't have happened. And we've never had that problem before. And uh, when I showed up at the university, they said, oh gosh, we've never had that problem before. Here, let me make some calls. Well, uh, meantime, I've got 30 days and the clock is ticking. And they said, well, you know, you should really go over to immigration. Okay. When you go to immigration, you, you, you get a number handwritten on a piece of cardboard and you go sit in what looks like a bus stop station outside and with everybody else who's trying to uh, stay in the country. And then you are, your number's called, you get to go in, you go upstairs, and then you sit in a small waiting room uh, that could hold maybe 10, 15 people, but you're in there with 20 of your closest new friends and you wait until you get called by an immigration officer. We went through that entire process. We'll give you 90 days, which I would have gotten anyway had I just not opened my mouth about being a Fulbright professor. There's more about this because I had to keep going back. So the uh, loss of the provost wasn't the first warning shot. Well, I've set the stage for you in terms of the background on the Bahamas, how I got there uh, for my second Fulbright, and what greeted us in those first couple of weeks when we got there. Uh, it was not what we were expecting, as I've said before. But before I go on any further here, uh, I've got to bring in the real talent here, and that's my partner, my wife equivalent, Holly. She and I went down together she has lived in the islands before. She knows them, and she was right there when it all went down. So I'm going to segue now and bring in Holly. So hey, Holly, I appreciate you being here. You know, you're, you've been my biggest supporter, my editor, and you've been giving me all the feedback. So uh, here you go. You're the first. I don't even want to say guest, but uh, I guess I well, it is. I'm I'm your first guest on your podcast, which is very exciting. Thank you, appreciate it. Um, and you know, this is I, I'm excited to be part of the Bahamas episode. I um, have been listening to all the others, and this is great to be able to be part of this. Um, and it's you know, we live in New Hampshire now, and you know, today have been the past two days have been the most the hottest days of the year so far in that in the mid 90s and today we've got some thunderous skies going on and um i was excited to do this so i thought i'd pick up some gin yeah, this morning what we decided to do was um instead of just jumping in on the logistics and some of the stories well we can't we can't be in the bahamas without having a cool frosty cocktail yeah. in hand you there just you can't go. do it you have to have a cocktail there is truth <laughs> So, so I think what we're going to do, we were just talking about this, is that uh, with each of the uh, episodes in the, in the Bahamas series is uh, I'm going to give you, we're going to give you one of our favorite cocktail recipes. Bahamians, Bahamian inspired Bahamian or traditional inspired, Bahamian right, cocktails. So what thing, do we got here? So today I was very inspired to um, have the all famous sky juice, the Bahamian sky, sky juice, juice. <laughs> uh, which is a gin based cocktail um in and even if you hate gin this is a fabulous yeah, it cocktail even, it, really it is delicious like it is refreshing it is wonderful and the reason it is called sky juice is because supposedly it's 
I think it has something to do with the clouds in the I sky. I think it's that three or four of them you pass out, you're looking at the sky. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, let's uh, let's talk about what's in it. But first, one of my favorite, uh, one of his bartender uh, little quotes. No musical chord has yet been found to equal that sweet sound, which to my mind all else surpasses but the sound of ice in crystal glasses. And there's the ice. There we go. All right, hit it up. So here we go. Couple ice cubes. Yeah. You've got a couple got a ice cubes. Shaker. Uh, you've got the shaker. So I pouring some Tanqueray, a nice healthy pour of I don't know. Uh, Always a healthy pour. A healthy pour of Tanqueray. A healthy dab of carnation sweetened condensed milk. So basically, it's like two ounces, they say, of gin and then one ounce of the carnation. Carnation sweetened condensed milk. Like four ounces of gin and that. And then what else? And then you have coconut water. So, my coconut water at your store, and I'm taking a picture while you're doing this. So, okay, <laughs> that's me opening up the coconut water. There's the water coconut here. water, He's and then you put in about uh, four to six ounces of that into right. the shaker. Into the shaker, you gotta put it in the shaker because you gotta shake, shake, shake. All right, you ready? Getting ready to shake it up. So now he, you are going to pour the beautiful sky juice over the ice. It is a white, liquidy-looking thing. The yes. first time I saw it, I was like, "Is that a pina colada?" It is not. It kind of looks like, um, like milk, like uh, what do you call it? Low-fat milk. And then a little garnish of nutmeg on top. Just a bit. Just, Just a, bit. a bit of nutmeg. Right, here we go. We have the sky juice. Handing it to Holly oh, for her I official. I have a little taste of it. Here it is. Here it is. It's the sound of it. Oh, it smells so good. I've not had one of these since the Bahamas. I'm very excited. What's the word? <laughs> it's tasty. What? 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 <laughs> <laughs> you know, we really need to keep talking, but if you want to keep drinking, go I think it. it's a touch heavy on the, the topping. Is that nutmeg? Yeah, nutmeg. Gotta do it. Okay. It's a little heavy. So but, that, my friends, our friends, it, ooh. is sky juice. So you now have the sky juice recipe. Uh, like put the link two on ounces, Yeah, two ounces of, of gin, your favorite gin, uh, an ounce of uh, the sweetened condensed milk, and then like uh, two-thirds of it is then filled up with coconut water. It restores the electric lights, a little sugar. Gin makes you want to win. And uh, <laughs> there you go. Want to take another big sip? Come on. Mm. Who's your favorite bartender? Refreshing. You are. That's the right answer. <laughs> okay, so this cocktail is really good, shipping, and I think that you should taste it. Oh, I don't believe Because every can. great bartender needs to taste his own cocktails. Yeah! Jesus. <laughs> so it is quite delicious. I recommend trying it. Um, so anyways, about the housing. So as it turns out, um, we ended up, you know, if you've ever watched an episode of House Hunters, which was one of the one of a show I love to watch, um, you know, they go and they see three different houses and then they sit down and have a at a restaurant and have a glass of wine or a cocktail or something and talk about it. This is pretty much exactly what we did. We spent the day looking at all these apartments, making notes about them. And then we went to Atlantis that night. Mm -hmm. uh, and we went and we 
sat down and we got a couple beers. It wasn't even night. It was late afternoon. Got a couple beers and started to talk about the pros and cons of everything. And um, long story short, the the one that was at the bottom of my list turned it out turned out turned out to be at the top of my list um, because it ticked off all of the boxes that we were looking for. It was on uh, Paradise Island, uh, which was not something I wanted originally, but it turned out to be great because it was walking distance to everything. everything. Cabbage Beach, um, which is one of the most beautiful beaches there. Um, Atlantis Hotel and Casino, uh, several restaurants and bars. Um, it, 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 It just really ended up. And where it was at Bayview Suites was an old... Um, Best Best Western Western. that was converted and some of them, it was like basically condoized. So you had, you had people there who were owners, long-time renters and short-time renters, people who came in and just stayed for a week or a weekend or whatever. So that's why it had the pools and the tennis courts and a little, um, and there were people like us and a little, yeah, long-term, yeah, long-term renters. And so. It was wonderful. We really liked living there. Yeah. It was our own little gated community. Um, so it was perfect. So And it was great for the dogs. With our with finding our, ourselves a place to lay our heads, it was actually quite nice. We had an upper deck that looked over to the harbor. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a front deck that uh, was kind of on the paths, but it was garden view. And, you know, you're, you're surrounded by the bougainvillea and the palms. Yeah, and, lush little gardens. Yeah, it was a lovely place to sit out before we would have Maybe dinner. we can put some pictures of it on your, yeah, on your IG and FB. <laughs> Instagram, sorry. Uh, yeah, so <clears throat> that was that. And then the other thing that we found, because the Fulbright, you know, when they gave us the allowance to live, they gave us obviously a housing allowance. <clears throat> there was nothing for transportation. And when I asked, he said, oh, yeah, you can take the uh, the buses. They're not buses. And, and in fact, our local... There Bahamian, are little little local buses. Our lo- yeah, there are. Yeah. But our local Bahamian friend said, oh, my God, don't don't take those buses. You'll, <laughs> you'll never get there on time. Uh, you know, so these were the locals telling us. So we ended up... Um, because Here you go. We had to go rent a car, which was fine. We mm-hmm. found a great place mm-hmm. uh, that we were able to rent a car for. But we ended up basically paying for almost eight months of renting a car. Now, we could have bought a car for far cheaper and then turned around and sold it mm-hmm. uh, when we left. However, However, because I did not have a work permit, I could not get a Bohemian license. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, uh, we had to rent. And even the people renting the car were trying to take were taking mercy on us. Yeah. Oh, you know, you poor people. Well, and in the end, we ended up having... Uh, a car, which we'll get into later, which has, which is tied with Hurricane Dorian. Um, oh yeah, that's but right. We, but I did end up, we did end up getting a second car. So that's that's really kind of our our uh, laying the groundwork for being there. Yeah, the pre-arrival. The pre-arrival. So what are we going to get on to next? It's gonna be- so next, um, next we'll be uh, getting. I think the the month. Uh, that we were there. We got to do some cool We got stuff. to do some really cool stuff. We mm-hmm. had some fun. We acted like tourists. Um, and so we we'll had talk, a great time. We'll talk about that. And then we'll, uh, <clears throat> and then we're going to get into the third wave that hit us. And then the hurricane. And then the hurricane. Because that so changed. That, that changed a lot. Changed a lot. Okay. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Here's your glass. Here's my glass. Everyone, thanks again for listening in at Brightcast by Shipbrite. If you enjoy this uh, podcast... Please let your friends know. Uh, Click subscribe on iTunes. Follow on 
Spotify. I really appreciate you uh, coming by and listening in. If you feel the desire to help support this, there is a link on the episode descriptions if you'd like to help support this podcast. But more than anything, I just appreciate you coming by and listening in. And uh, I also want to give a shout out to Pixabay, uh, which I have found allows me to bring in royalty-free music, which I'll be using for my intros and my outros. And uh, I hope you enjoy it. I think it adds a little something. Anyway, thanks again.